from the Auto Line Studios. Here is your host, John McElroy. I want to thank you all for joining us on AutoLine this week. We're going to be talking about Chevrolet, but not just here in the United States, on a global basis. And the reason we're doing that is my special guest today is Tim Mahoney, the Chief Marketing Officer for Global Chevrolet. And great having you on yeah, AutoLine this Nice to week. be here. Really nice to be here. Also joining us today, Nathan Bomey, the business reporter at the Detroit Free Press, and Michelle Krebs, an analyst with the Auto Trader Group. And great having the both of you here as well. Thank you. So, Tim, you know, in the United States, certainly, everybody still knows the old tagline, you know, Chevrolet is baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, very American kind of a brand. But I got to believe you got to take a different approach once you get outside of the U.S. Sure, we are. You know, we're we're um, we're launching and we launched a year ago, I should say. We just finished sort of the first anniversary of Find New Roads, Chevrolet Find New Roads. That's not only the tagline, but it's a bit of the philosophy of how the brand is going to move from not just being a U.S. centric brand, to, but truly a global brand. It's uh, it's working well. All the markets have uh, have adapted um, that as a tagline. Uh, they're basically using it in the English language. And we think it works really well. Um, it, it speaks to this idea of American ingenuity, American optimism, because finding a new road is finding a better way, finding a new way. We talk often about possibilities. And that's something that's pretty relevant, whether you're talking about the Middle East or China or India or, or, or even Europe. It's, it, it really is about finding a new road. So, Tim, What's the hook for Chevy? If I'm a consumer and I'm shopping Ford and Honda and Toyota, why should I buy a Chevy? Sure. Even in the U.S. or anywhere else? Yeah. No, I think, you know, we've gotten very serious about what this brand stands for. And um, the way I would answer that is that um, the things that, that really make a Chevrolet, whether you're talking about a Spark all the way up to a Silverado HD, are its design. And I think we're bringing really stunning vehicles to market. Uh, you look at the new Impala, the new Corvette. Uh, I can tell you that the products that are in the, on the horizon are really spectacular in terms of design. Great performance, and that can be you know, performance like you might associate with a Corvette, but it also can be the environmental performance that you see with something like a Volt. Uh, and then technology. I think technology, uh, you can't walk around our headquarters in the Renaissance Center without seeing people that are totally buried into their, into their PDAs and their smartphones. And so bringing that technology in. Uh, this summer will be the first major brand really to launch 4G uh, LTE Wi-Fi technology across the line. And so that, that is kind of a proof point that, we're, that this is what the brand is going to stand for. Now, Tim, do you think 4G LTE will actually bring people into the showroom? And do you have any sense for what percentage of consumers will choose it? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. It, it, most of, obviously, all of our smartphones are, are, are enabled in one way or another. But when you look at the tablet community, uh, fundamentally, most of those are sold without data plans. So we think that this is going to be an appealing uh, thing to have across the line. Uh, it's not all going to be about kids, you know, playing video games in the back. Um, there are work applications as well. You'll be able to connect up to seven devices. So, for example, if you're an architect or working construction with a Silverado, having that ability to actually do it. So we think it's going to be uh, a, a proof point of, of, of Chevrolet and, and its commitment to technology. The other thing that we have that the other brands don't is we have OnStar, right? So this sort of this whole solution, if you will, in terms of, of simplifying people's lives and making it a little bit easier. 
that's great in the U.S., 4G yeah. and OnStar, yeah. but yeah. how do you take that globally? I, I think OnStar is going into China right now. It is right? going into China, um, and it is not just about one particular technology. For sure, this is, this is important here in the U.S., but it is this whole pillar of technology. So uh, in South America, we, we, we've, we've launched MyLink, and this is doing incredibly well, which is the infotainment uh, uh, system that's in the vehicle. So you have to kind of scale it right to the marketplace in terms of uh, what's relevant. But at the end of the day, I think great global brands sort of stay, stand for the same thing. So having this and building towards it is, is something that we plan to do. Chevy's an entry-level brand. So there's been a lot of talk about millennials being not buying cars, not being interested in cars. Sure. First of all, what's your take on that? Yeah. Um, and how do you reach them or how, how do you resonate with them? Yeah, I would say, I'm, I'm not sure I would categorize this as an entry-level brand. I would say that the brand stands for good value. And it goes back to, you know, when you had Louis Chevrolet who wanted to make sports cars and Will Durant who wanted to make uh, value or, or, or affordable cars for everyone. And I think uh, Corvette's a pretty good example of, uh, of a vehicle that for what you get, I mean, it just, it just won North American Car of the Year. It's an excellent value relative to the set that it competes in. I think the challenge with millennials is, is twofold. Um, technology in some ways has replaced the dream of growing up and, 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 and having a car. At the same time, they would like to if they could, and that's where some of the economics start to come into play. Um, you look at college debt and, and how these kids are graduating. Probably the best thing I did for our kids was to be, allow them to graduate without student loans that were, were massive. But I think um, what we're starting to see now are the millennials, we, we've been working with some organizations, are starting to come back to cars a little bit, but it's happening later, right? It's not like I graduate from college I get rid of my old clunker in year two and I go buy the new car. It's happening in the 25, 26, 27 range just for a variety of reasons they need to get established. But um, we think we have the products, um, Spark and Sonic uh, and even Cruise, um, a lot of growth around Chevrolet in that, in that small car segment, which is almost hard to imagine a few years ago that we would be doing so well in this, in this space. But reaching them is different. It is how, different. How do you reach it's, them? It's, um, you know, they've, even at, at my age, but certainly among the millennial crowd, they've all grown up being bombarded by big messaging and whatever. So it, it is things like social media and, and, and really having a conversation and storytelling that's interesting to them. So it's about providing good content. Um, they, they do watch TV and they do watch and do the other things that we all do, but they're much more selective about it. So we're, we're, we're moving a lot into digital. We're investing more and more in digital um, for that reason. Tim, one of the problem spots for Chevrolet has been the Malibu, the midsize sedan that has just not found its way for various reasons over the last few years. Now, you introduced a redesigned version late last year, uh, but a, a Toyota executive recently said they don't even view Malibu as a main competitor mm -hmm. for the Camry. So do you, are you comfortable with it where the Malibu is right now? And if not, where does it need to be? Yeah, I think, you know, without talking too much about what's coming down the horizon, this, this philosophy of, of finding new roads and really bringing products that are 
beautiful in terms of styling and performance, um, you'll start to see that as, as, as the Ma- Malibu moves into p- perhaps its next generation vehicle. But I think at the end of the day, um, the, the vehicle competes in a highly competitive segment. Um, you're dealing with, with, with vehicles like Camry, Accord, uh, even Fusion. Uh, and so we're, we're doing well. Uh, we can do better. And I think the new product will enable us to do that. Uh, but it, it, it's a ways away right now. And the, the, the mid-cycle enhancement that you referred to was really an attempt to improve the, the, the vehicle for the consumer. So a rear seat room, uh, some styling changes and things like that. Uh, and, and, and that'll get us on to the, to the next one when it comes. I mean, the stop-start technology is standard now on the Malibu, but yep. is that bringing people into the showroom? It's, it's interesting. So. Um, it's a communications challenge. Sometimes we get very wrapped up in a new technology and, and how you communicate it is, is, is difficult. Consumers hear start, stop. They think you start it and then you stop it again. And um, we, did a, we did a spot last fall uh, about a, a little girl and her dad. Mom apparently was out of town, maybe on a business trip, and she's dawdling around trying to change the wardrobe that mom had pre-select. And they, they get to the stop, start moment and but the consumers interpret it in a different way. They, they get the point that it's saving gas, but how it works is, is, is tough to explain in a 30-second commercial. So I'm not sure at this point it's really bringing a lot of people. It's definitely helping on the fuel economy side. How does Chevrolet break through in, in the U.S. market now, this, this anti-Detroit or anti-domestic mm. sentiment amongst a lot of consumers who prefer import brands, Toyota, Honda, just to name sure. a couple of them? How do you break through and and make Chevrolet a more relevant brand to them? Because this year, Chevy's in danger of being surpassed by the Toyota brand, which sure. has just been on a roll. Sure. So, you know, um, I would say a couple of things. I, I've always worked for the away team, right? You know, this is my first time fighting on behalf of And we should the- uh, let the audience know. Sure. Tim worked before at Porsche, at Volkswagen, at Subaru. So yep. he's, he's new to General Motors. Exactly. So I come at it with fresh eyes. I would say, though, that there are people and a lot of them that would like to drive a domestic vehicle. We just need to give them a reason to do it. And I think one of the focus, uh, focus point for us is making people feel that Chevrolet is a brand for them. That, that, that's the first point to getting on the shopping list. Um, as an industry, I think we, we focus on the, on, on the hardware, which is required. But all those other companies you just mentioned make pretty good hardware. So we have to kind of get people to feel that they would feel good about parking a Chevrolet in in their driveway. And we're starting to do that. And you do that through emotion. You do that through storytelling. Uh, At the Olympics this year, excuse me, at the Super Bowl this year, we did a a fairly non-traditional ad around cancer, uh, cancer awareness. Um, So we we invested pretty heavily in it. Um, We raised uh, in a period of five days a million dollars for cancer. And and we really, and there was a credibility to that because Chevrolet has been associated with the American Cancer Society for over 11 years. So it's that kind of storytelling. This month, for example, if you look on air, um, it's military month. So we're using social media and a lot of clips out of social media to make people feel that th- this brand is a relevant brand that gets it, that's something that they can feel 
good about. And then once you get over that hurdle, then you can start talking about zero to 60 and great styling and everything else. So it has to work together, right? The, the brand, the product, and actually the experience. And I think there's a lot of progress that's been made there uh, with not only the Chevrolet brand, but with the GM brands overall. Um, the fact that this year we displaced Lexus for the first time in five years at the top of the CSI study from J.D. Power and Associates. Um, uh, Buick placed at the top among the mainstream, and the other two brands were in the top five. I mean, there's a big uh, focus on improving that retail experience. So all of those things have to work together, the product, the brand, and the experience. I hate to bring up a sore subject, but there have been some very high-profile recalls sure. at General Motors. Has that gotten in your way of, how have you dealt with that in terms of keeping Chevrolet moving sure. while you're dealing with this other issue? Yeah, I, I would say a couple of things, Michelle. I mean, we've had a couple of really good months, and when you consider the headwinds that we've been facing, they're even probably, in some cases, more spectacular. Um, Mary Barra has, has really committed to you know, doing the right thing, getting ahead of this, and obviously that's why there have been so many recalls. And it is, I think, a proof point that it is a different GM in terms of how we're, how we're dealing with it. Um, she's appointed a head of safety. Um, right now, knock on wood, we, like I said, we are having some good months. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But there is definitely a, a desire to really get it all out on the table. And it's funny enough, we're not the only ones, right? There now are a lot of people that are drafting behind us when you look at the number of recalls that are going on in the industry overall. Does it shift how you do marketing or advertising? Do you just charge ahead doing what you were doing? Or do you have to make adjustments? Yeah, I think through, through social media, we have the ability to listen in to the conversation. Uh, and, and so uh, twice a day, um, several of us get a, a report in terms of w where the conversation's going and the ebbs and flows. Um, today will be a big day, or yesterday will be a big day, obviously, with the announcement of the additional vehicles that are encompassed in this recall. Um, but right now, it seems to be okay, and the focus is really on telling the product story, um, that, that, that we're building great products. Um, I think the addition of 4G uh, in the summer months will start to change that conversation that then this is a company that's thinking things differently. Uh, but I, I think we, we have to do right by the customer, and that, that, that's what the whole team is working towards. The Chevrolet Cobalt obviously is the main vehicle involved in the ignition switch yep. recall, um, but it's not made anymore. You discontinued it several sure. years ago. So have you seen any evidence, though, that Chevrolet as a brand is declining in terms of how people view it from a quality perspective, um, or is it not having much of an impact? I think it's too soon to tell. You know, um, image is something that, that takes time to really, it's like history, right? You know, the historians never look at history until 20 or 30 years later. Obviously, we can't afford to wait that long. But, but, but you ha I think we have to wait a couple of quarters. The, the immediate reaction through um, our social media monitoring center is, is giving a sense that um, it, it's, it's, it's stabilized, right? And, and improved slightly. But again, it, it depends on, on, on how, how the news unfolds over the next, next months. Chevrolet has been a brand very well known in the Americas, yep. both no North and South America. Yep. I, in fact, some Chevy fanatics are even more rabid about the brand in South America than North America. Sure. But you pulled out of Europe. Uh, where do you see the brand going in the world right now? Because sure. that's what you're really charged with absolutely. growing is Chevy on a global basis. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, globally, we are the fourth largest car brand. Um, and, and I think a lot of people perhaps in the U.S. can't imagine that. Uh, if you go back 
to 2002, um, 2003, so just about 10 years ago. Um, over 60%, somewhere in the mid 60s, 60% range of the vehicles, uh, Chevrolet vehicles, were sold in the, in, in the U.S. and North America. Um, that is completely inverted now uh, to the point where the, the growth is really outside the U.S. Um, China is coming on strong. Um, China actually, much to the chagrin of our friends in Brazil, surpassed uh, them as the second largest market. And I have to be honest, I'm not sure that they'll ever catch them again, given the growth that's going on in China. But it, it, but it is a brand that in some ways is new around the world, uh, but is, is, is growing very quickly. Uh, and so um, it's, it's, it's fascinating when you see the markets um, where, where we are penetrating. Uh, and, and for me, it's encouraging because Find New Roads is resonating around that world. So we, we, we've got the growth there and we, we actually have the positioning. I'm interested to see Ford take the Mustang globally. It's never really been available mm -hmm. through the factory on sure. a global basis to the point that they're even installing steering wheels on the right-hand side sure. for those markets that sure. need that. Sure. Any thought to really maybe pushing some of the yep. more iconic American designs? Yep. Not in big numbers, but I would imagine sure. things like uh, cars like the Corvette and the Camaro yep. could be a great draw. And, and then you can sell Sparks and Cruises. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned earlier about Europe. Um, we withdrew from the mainstream products there, but we will still stay there with the, with the iconic ones. So with, with Corvette and Camaro uh, as a halo for the brand. Um, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. In a lot of markets, Camaro is the top of the range, so it doesn't go all the way to Corvette. But you need vehicles like that if one of your brand pillars is built around performance and, and also design from that perspective. So, you know, we, we have the Corvette, or excuse me, the Camaro coming. Uh, and, and actually, um, this summer, uh, Transformers 4 will, will, uh, will debut. A lot of it shot here in the Detroit area. This, is, this franchise has massive popularity uh, in China. Uh, almost every Corvette, you, or excuse me, Cormero you see over there is yellow. It's Bumblebee and everything else. But um, I think those kinds of vehicles definitely help establish the image. Also, I'd say the Manchester United uh, agreement that we have uh, after they come back now from the summer break, uh, the Chevy Bowtie will be on that. And um, you can debate the numbers, whether it's 600 million or 650 million or 550 million. But basically, every time they play, it's like Super Bowl Sunday around the world. And a majority of that, that fan base sits in these markets that we want to grow in China, Indonesia, Thailand, India, uh, so outside, outside the world. So um, we're getting there. What, going back to what you were saying about Chevy now selling more outside of, mm -hmm. what does that look like? that picture look like five years from now? Yeah, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue that way uh, because that's where the growth is, right? Um, especially in Asia, especially in China. Um, you know, if, if the forecasters are even halfway right, they expect by around 2020, 2022 in that range that there'll be 33 million cars sold in China. So um, the, the, it's hard to imagine given the congestion that's there now, but, but in the pollution. Uh, but the, for sure, the, the, the growth potential is, is, is outside the U.S. Um, and and I, I, I would expect that the percentage coming from the home market will, will diminish. Um, we're building a global team within Global Chevrolet, um, and, and we are building it with people from around the world. So it, 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 it is a little sort of mini United Nations uh, within the Rennes Center. And we were counting up 
you know, today, how many different languages are spoken within the team. It's, it's, it's an exciting time to be part of this globalization strategy. Now, the Chevrolet Silverado pickup faces a looming threat later this year when the F-150 all-aluminum is released for mm -hmm. Ford. Um, have you given any thought to how you're going to position the Silverado from a marketing perspective against that F-150? Do you think you'll actually try to you know, cause people to question the aluminum strategy at all? Yeah. Because some people believe that the aluminum won't find a, a welcome audience yeah. among the fans. I mean, I think you'll have to see, right? The, the, the buyer um, of the full-size pickup truck um, really does a lot of homework and is really um, sort of an information seeker, I guess you could say. Uh, and they're also in some ways a bit more conservative about their technology. So we'll have to see how quickly it's adapted. We think for sure um, with the fuel economy, and it's really all about light weighting and fuel economy, right? I mean, that, that, that's the issue. But like any, any move to a technology, there's a cost and there's a benefit. And so trying to balance that, you know, repair costs, material costs, all those other things, we're going to have to keep our eye on it, how it goes forward. We feel pretty good about where we're at now with Silverado. Um, the, the vehicle is doing extremely well at the high end of the market. You have other competitors that are near the end of their life cycle that are really dialing up the incentive dollars. Um, so we're in this business to make money and sell cars. And so you have to do both uh, to be successful long term. Mm -hmm. I'm interested uh, of you talking about putting a team together mm -hmm. to do uh, advertising and marketing on a global basis. What, what you're thinking behind that? Is it going to be one size fits all or how much autonomy are you going sure. to give these different regions? Sure. We talk about globalization, right? So kind of a global strategy with local, local sort of adaptation. And I think, honestly, uh, we all travel a lot. Probably the worst advertising in the world is what you'll see on CNN International in a hotel in some far-flung part of the world. Because the advertising works because you understand it, but it doesn't work because it's almost lowest common denominator. So the main focus of the global team is to make sure that we get the insights reflected consistently and that the positioning is, 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 is in line so that uh, I'll talk about cruise, for example. Cruise is a cruise is a cruise. How we express that, how we talk about that, will be relevant for the, the, the respective markets. So we're not going to make one ad for the world and, and then expect that to work or drive demand. But uh, it, it, it's, it's important uh, to have that kind of focus point right now, uh, which, which the company has grown quickly and doesn't, doesn't have it in, in, currently. i got to believe that the brand image and mm -hmm. the brand message have got to stay the same, yep. no matter what. And then you can let them do their localization of it. That's exactly right and we've, we've identified a few words that we think are important uh, every brand has their theirs whether they articulate that way or another um, but even if you look outside the category right an apple store here in in the detroit area is pretty much like an apple store in tokyo or, or somewhere else a starbucks experience in the rensen is, is pretty close to the starbucks experience in in in, in Vienna, if you will. And so we are, we are really focusing on the tonality of what we want the brand to stand for. Uh, and then how it's expressed, like I say, really depends on the market itself. And so the point of view, how we think about the brand, how we talk about it, it's about authenticity. We're, we have a, a great heritage of over 100 years. Uh, it is about a level of confidence uh, around the brand and, and not to the level of arrogance, but certainly confidence. It's about being young at heart. Uh, it's about being ingenious, right? Uh, we talk about American ingenuity, uh, but that doesn't really play very well. It doesn't play very well on the other side in Windsor if we talk about it. So, but the idea of being ingenious is really an appealing thing. Um, 
and optimism. Find New Roads is about an optimistic view of the world, which is somewhat inherently American and, and somewhat associated with Chevrolet over the years. Farther out, obviously, you're doing advertising marketing to sell sure. vehicles today, but there's some thought that the whole landscape of transportation will change. We're, we're hearing about car sharing. We're hearing sure. about and seeing examples of it. We're talking about autonomous cars. Yep. Do you give some thought to where does Chevrolet fit in all, yeah, all that? Absolutely. In the I mean, the, there are teams that are looking at all of those things. Um, and it, it is interesting. It's kind of like planes, trains, and automobiles, right? It's, it's kind of made potentially multimodal solutions where you might start your day on in, in one way. I mean, for years and years, right? People had commuter cars in the Northeast that they would take to the train and then they would go into the city and if their office was close, they'd either walk or they'd take the subway. So it, it is understanding that whole whole arc and trying to, to participate in it. Uh, so there's, there's, there's advanced work that's going on in this space. Uh, and and that's, that's where it's going to go. Uh, you see it particularly, I haven't so much here, and I'm living in downtown Detroit, but in, in downtown Philly, I mean the car sharing programs um, are... are incredibly popular. And again, it's a lot of it driven by millennials and, and people that are living in urban environments. Now, GM recently confirmed that, that, that the, there'll be a next generation Chevrolet Volt in the next in a couple of years or so. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Volt has not performed up to original expectations. So what do you expect uh, that car to do for the brand after it's redesigned? Yeah. Will it still be a critical part of your advertising as it has I been? I think it's important. I think as a Halo product, if you talk about, and this is pre-Find New Roads, right? But if you had to say, gosh, what have we done in the past that really points to that? I think that vehicle is a poster child for finding a new road, right? With the technology that's in it, the freedom, all of those kinds of things. And, and yes, um, it, it will continue to be important. Regarding expectations, it depends on whose expectations, right? It is the largest or the number one selling uh, you know, plug-in uh, that's out there. It has brought um, conquest buyers like you can't imagine to the Chevrolet brand. Um, the satisfaction and appeal ratings are off the charts in terms of the vehicle. And so it's created a tremendous amount of advocacy and whatever. I think, you know, this is a category um, overall, uh, which is hard to get your hands around in terms of really what the true demand. The economics certainly play a big part of it, but I think Volt, in fact, when I joined the company from Volkswagen, they said, what car do you want to drive? And I'm like, I want to drive a Volt. And, you know, when I turned it in, I had averaged 89 point blah, blah, blah miles over the, over the, over the initial life of it. So I think, it's a, I think it's a really important car. It's an important car for us in California and, and certain states. And, and it'll be a part of our mix as a halo product, not a mainstream product for sure, but what it can do for the image uh, and for the brand. With that, we're going to have to wrap this up. Okay. But Tim Mahoney, great having you come in here and talk about Chevrolet. So interesting to see that 60% of Chevys are sold outside of yeah. the United States right now. And yeah. as you said, I'm sure that that, that gap is only going to grow. Well, sure. Thanks sure. for coming in yeah, today. Thanks for having us. Nice yeah. to see you. Yep. And uh, Michelle Krebs with uh, Auto Trader Group, Nathan Bomey with the Detroit Free Press. Great having the both of you here, thank too. You. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you <laughs> for having tuned in. <laughs>